Coming to you from New York City. This week and every week, it's the Ben Kissel Show. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel, and I'm with the nephew of Coscarelli, the Coscarelli <laughs> that created Phantasm, Mike Coscarelli. We think. We're still we not th- sure. Well, we th- it's a I've bit never of a- met him. Oh, well, that's fine. You've met him through his films. Sure. That's and that's true. what matters the most. So, um,. Man, it's been a while since we've gotten a show out. Mm-hmm. I've been extremely busy. Mike has been busy traveling. Uh, both of us traveling. Yeah. I specifically have been doing a bunch of travels for last podcast on the left, and it's been amazing meeting all the fans and the listeners and uh, and the peers. You know, we're really all just we're all the same. No one is better or worse than one another. That's the whole point of uh, everything that we're doing here uh, with, when it comes to our podcasts, our programs, and our overall fan uh fan base uh we all we all love each other very much so uh what's been happening number one thing that happened mike big changes big changes my ego it's going through the roof oh yeah i thought you're you gonna say your ego got checked no it's not in check well it got <laughs> checked i'll tell you one i'll tell you a story about how it got checked in a minute but uh, no my ego's going through the roof because you know what i am mike what what i i am tall you're very tall i am i am loose skinned mm-hmm. i have a chubby uh cream like body curdy but i'm also a published author. Really? A published author, Ben Kissel. They kicked me out of writing class. They kicked me out of English class. They said, you'll never be anybody. You don't know how to spell potato. Well, nor did Dan Quayle, and he was the vice president of the United States. I got published in a uh, in a small online publication called Heat Street. Really? It was very exciting. It's a bit of a conservative publication, socially liberal, fiscally conservative. Sounds and libertarian to me. Pretty libertarian. I've been hanging out a lot with the good governor, Gary Johnson, and we're having a wonderful time. He's yeah. teaching me how to work out. You know, the guy climbed Mount Everest. I believe he had a, he had a broken leg while he did it. I won't even go outside if I if I see somebody on YouTube, you know, sprain an ankle. Yeah, I'll lay in bed for a week and a half. I'm not even with the idea that I could possibly get injured. If I see somebody getting injured, I'm like that could happen to me. Yeah. Close the bedroom door. I'm not leaving for a while. But then Gary Johnson sees Mount Everest and says, "Come on, leg, we're going to the top. I'm going to climb it." And he didn't even use a Sherpa. That's Which nuts. is good. I don't, I don't think they use Sherpas. Well, no, they definitely use Sherpas for Mount Everest. That's the whole damn point. They have to, yeah. But he doesn't use them. So we've been hanging out quite a bit. I wrote an article for Heat Street, and, and uh, they titled it, Don't Believe the Hype, Voting Third Party Does Not Tip the Election to One of the Main Candidates. And it was really exciting, and it was a big uh, accomplishment in my career thus far. We have small steps that eventually lead, once you look back, to you being on top of the mountain. And this was one of the small steps uh, forward in my uh, in my small, tiny life, You've had which a, is good. You have very, uh, uh, if you look at this year, I feel like, because obviously when this year started, you and I decided, or mostly you decided... <laughs> That we were going to do this podcast as like a recap of the week, or to become yeah. recap of every like month and a half. Yeah, every every like eight weeks or yeah. so. But which I do apologize. We're trying to get about more, but you we're know, busy. It is what it yeah. is. We're busy. But if you, I think if you collectively look at your year as a whole, you've taken a pretty big leap, man. Well, July fifteenth, two thousand and fifteen, was the first time I ever appeared on Red Eye on Fox News at three o'clock in the morning. That's when they let giants perform on television. There's a lot of height double standards, but I broke it. Mm-hmm. And uh, as of now, this is now early August. I am now working, obviously, at Fox News. Uh, you know, last podcast on the left is getting over five hundred thousand listeners a week. 
I mean, it's amazing. Abe Lincoln's top hat is going through the roof when it comes to politics. People are loving it. Roundtable of Gentlemen is still a fun collective of, uh, collective of maniacs. So, yeah, there has been some good things to hang your hat on. But no matter what, it's just the small steps that you take towards a greater goal. And I don't even know what that goal is. You just right. kind of keep on going. You keep on doing it. And hopefully at the end of the year, we can look back and be like, we sort of accomplished something, but there's always more to be done. Uh, and that's sort of, I mean, that's how you have to look at it. A lot of people uh, in this industry will be like, he was an overnight success. They said that about Bernie Mac when he got the Bernie Mac show. That man was headlining across the country for 25 years. <laughs> he got a show and everyone's like, overnight success. It's a very long night yeah. uh, to become an overnight success. So we're just trying to do the best we can and, and keep on plugging away. Uh, you mentioned earlier ego in check. I mm-hmm. was in Los Angeles and I had a uh, I had a moment. I had a situation occur where I realized you got to be very careful when you're getting drunk in public. Sure. I was intoxicated with some fans. We were hanging out. It was Friday night. We found a really nice bar. I mean, it was this, it was, and when I say really nice, I'm talking about it was a dump, and the bathrooms looked just as disgusting as the bar area. I mean, the 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 city of Los Angeles should have shut it down years ago, but I think they probably were paying some bribes, or perhaps it was the nephew of a LAPD officer. I have no idea how the bar was still open. Could be anything. It it looked like it looked just slightly more disgusting than an outhouse at a juggalo conference Ah, and i say a juggalo conference as if they're sitting around a boardroom (laughs) discussing their 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 next next plans yeah Yeah, their next big juggalo (laughs) plans as a, it How's like the a, fourth quarter look? Yeah, we're doing good. We got we got eighteen thousand sales of Fago. We got uh, we got five people uh, knocked out in our last street fight. That video went viral. And good news, UFO pants back on the market. Back on the market, the Juggalos. If you get a chance, Google Cat Timp uh, Juggalo, and you'll see she went. Uh, of course, our great friend Catherine Timp. She went to a Juggalo conference, and I'm just going to keep on calling it a conference because I think it's humorous. And my God, those people! I'm so happy they found each other because there is <laughs> nobody on earth like a Juggalo. Yeah. I can't say I want to be around them, but I'm happy they have a home and a community they can call their own. Mm-hmm. So I'm hanging out with some fans at this disgusting bar in Los Angeles. Angeles, we're getting tanked. And whenever you hang out with the fans, one of the other, and we've talked about this on shows previous, I believe I have to find a way to start saying no. Say no to dope? No. You can say yes to dope. Say mm-hmm. no to shots of whiskey when it's, you're 10 deep. Oh, so this again. Oh my God, I can't do it, Mike. Everyone says, we're getting you a shot. I say, okay, not a problem. And, you know, it, I mean, these things, they, they, it just, it builds up. Mm-hmm. It builds up. It builds up. And next thing you know, you're grabbing somebody's phone, s- saying something like, hey, let's Facebook Live. That's what has to happen <laughs> right now. I need to sit at this bar and Facebook Live to the world yeah. how drunk I am. Right. I'm like Robert Downey Jr. on a good night, which means I was trashed. Uh-huh. So, I mean, the whole thing... So that that goes up. I wake up in the morning. I'm like, I have no idea what happened last night. I seem to recall it was mildly fun. And then I look on my Facebook. I have 30 notifications. And I'm like, oh, what's this video that was posted of me? You know, is it me looking immaculate? I bet you I'm being so funny and humorous. Everyone's going to think I'm a, I'm a real comedy god. And I click on it, and it's just me being like, hey, everyone. I hey baby, it's Ben Kissel here. You know, and in my mind, I and then I had a flashback to me grabbing the phone and doing it, and I'm like, 
I thought I was a real Romeo. Yeah. And it turns out I was Romeo, but while well, he was slurring his words just after being poisoned, right. about to die. At the end of the th- third at, at act. The, at the very end yeah. of the third act. And I was like, oh, my God. So I think it's probably still around. I don't even know. Hopefully so hopefully go, they deleted it. Ben Kissel fans, go check that don't out. Don't check it out. <laughs> it was embarrassing, but it was a good uh, – well, I mean, you know, you try to turn these things into positive. So I was like, that's a good reminder. First of all, maybe don't get that intoxicated to begin with, although, again – that's something we're figuring out as we go on the road now more and more and we meet these people who are extremely excited and they're so unbelievably nice and everybody has their personal stories of, of how all of the podcasts and, and, and how our uh, how we've uh, you know influenced their lives and gotten them through really hard times sure. because everybody has uh, someone's died or they went through a, a terrible uh, breakup or maybe they got to, they had a, they had an illness and so our shows are really helping them through these really personal times um, and so when you meet them in real life. Uh, you know they're they're emotional and uh, and so that's one of the greater things. But then of course uh, once again I just have to and I just have to start saying no to the shots. And they also because I'm so damn tall, Marcus gets a single, Henry gets a single. They're giving me triple shots. Whole damn thing's falling apart. <laughs> we need enough liquor for this giant. For this well, really my intestines, my 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 innards. I don't know the technical term. Organs are fairly similar sized. Right. So anyway. Uh, that's one of the lessons that I've learned in the past eight weeks. A lesson I continue to learn and have to relearn, and I'm not sure if I'll ever be taught it. How many times in the last eight weeks have you had to relearn that lesson, do you think? Well, just uh, just Los Angeles, actually. The other shows were relatively chill, um, which was nice. We Ooh, sold chill. out. Uh, chill. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, I see I'm, that. I'm, uh, what's, a, what's a fun thing to say? Uh, you're hip, random, now. Swag. You're swag. I'm swag. <laughs> Is swag. that right? You can You can find me on swag. <laughs> Do I wear swag? I did. I was a little bit depressed earlier this week, so I did go to Jose Bank and I bought three jackets. My Talk friend. about swag. Talk about swag. Oh, baby, Jose <laughs> Bank. You can get six suits for the price of one. I got three suits for the price of three. I think it's actually kind of expensive. It might be a ripoff now that I think about sure. the numbers. If you go in, but now I officially have 13 Jose Bank jackets. Nothing oh, sad man. about that. Nothing sad about having the most trailer parks at the trailer. You're still number one somewhere, and I'm number one in Jose Bank jackets. If you own that many trailers at the trailer park, you're a landowner, sir. Hey, I'll take it. Yeah. I'm probably wearing a similar jacket to a landowner that uh, would uh, pre- uh, prevail in a trailer park lifestyle. Yeah, right. <laughs> That sounds good. Uh, so we did the Crest Westwood Theater in Los Angeles. Uh, that was amazing. We haven't done the show since then, correct? I, I I didn't realize how long it had been until you brought it up in yeah. the kitchen before. It's been so long. We were in Washington D.C. We were in uh, yeah, we were in Los Angeles. We were in um, oh my God, where the hell else were did we? Did you do Atlanta? Uh, we did Atlanta. Yes, that was incredible. Uh, Atlanta was one of the best experiences. We're, we're selling out everywhere. We've officially sold out for last podcast on the left in uh, in Europe, in the UK. I believe we've sold out all the shows, or if we haven't, we're about five or six tickets away. Um, so it's been a really interesting experience, and it's been so fun to travel with Marcus and Henry and have the ability to go through all of this stuff with them. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things, you know, obviously we had like the Just uh, for Laughs Festival happening uh, in Canada and a bunch of stand-ups are there. And there is no denying that when you watch these things, uh, you know, happen, when you, when you watch them play out through social media, it is a little bit, you're always going to have feelings of like, I wish I was there. Yeah, and and uh, and that's just completely normal. If you are in the entertainment business or you want to get into comedy, that is, that's not jealousy. That's a rational response to watching other people People have a great damn time. 
Uh, you want to be having the great damn time right along with them, although I don't think the JFL Festival breaks stars quite as much as it once did, nor as much as they advertise. A lot of the times, people who are in the industry go there to get completely tanked, yeah. circa Ben Kissel in Los Angeles, <laughs> and they don't even watch the people who are so desperate for attention trying to uh, show their craft off to who they believe is a kingmaker or a queenmaker. In reality, you just keep on plugging away, doing whatever you're doing, and uh, and you'll make it on your own. And that's the that's the solace that I get when I watch these sorts of things unfold in front of you on social media or in front of me on social media. You do it on your own, and you can still travel the world, sell out theaters all over the place, and you don't have to play by anybody's rules other than your own. Be smart, stay focused, and that's the only thing you got to do. You know, I was talking to Tom Shalou, the host of Red Eye. He's mm. a great guy. One of my, uh, you know, really, a uh, he's been so incredibly kind to me. All politics aside, you know, our politics don't necessarily align with one another's. But as a person, he's just wonderful. And he was talking about Jim Gaffigan and himself. Neither of them ever invited to a comedy festival. Mm -hmm. Not one. Jim Gaffigan never invited to JFL just for laughs. It's really just for booze. And not not one person, the so-called sages of comedy, thought that Jim Gaffigan was going to be somebody that was worth uh, investing their time and energy in. Jim Gaffigan is now one of the wealthiest comedians in the world. He's one of the most successful comedians in the world. Tom Shalhoub hosts a regular nightly show on the number one one cable network. So if you are coming up in this industry, uh, whatever you're doing, and you're not getting these what you perceive to be big breaks, there is no such thing. Just keep on plugging away, and you're going to be totally fine. Um, but, you know, he was when he told me that, I was, that, was, that was a good reminder, that it's just like you just keep on doing whatever you're doing, and you're going to find your own path. And I think the industry understands that there is no longer a buffer between, um, between consumer and performer. Sure. The performer can go straight to consumer. They are completely obsolete. But I think if you look at Just for Laughs in particular, uh, more so than any com- other comedy festival, I think, there's just something very romantic about of course. the tradition of it. You oh, know? Yeah. And you all want, this- I, I, want, I want new faces in the next couple of years all that being so said, badly, dude. All that being know? said, JFL, just please call me. Just book them. Just, 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 just come on. Book us. Come on. All, all the free food. I get a free, free place. But please. I haven't, I, haven't been, I haven't been happy in 15, 25 years. <laughs> come on. And it's your fault. Give, give me a break, would you? No, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so, so it's been uh, it's been interesting. And then, um, let's see, what else is going on, Mike? You're doing well with stand up. Yeah, uh, that's very exciting. We got a bunch of things happening. Got to, uh, yeah, definitely got to try to curb curb the, the public drinking. Uh, the drinking with with the people. But it's difficult to do because you go into these social settings, and uh, you know the fans are very amped up, and they're so sweet, they're so excited. And uh, and you know you want to you want to uh, show them a good time as well. So it's it's a it's an interesting time. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Let me ask you this because we we kind of we were absent when all this stuff was going on, and obviously you guys have Top Hat, which is your political podcast. Yes. Did you guys? Because we had Travis Irvine on Social Villains, me and Gene. Love Travis Irvine after the conventions mm-hmm. uh, because he was at both of them. Did you guys do anything with the conventions at all? Well, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go to them. Um, but yes, we definitely talked about the conventions. We we discussed the Democratic platform, the Republican platform. You know, one of the great ironies about the Republican uh, convention, everyone thought it was going to be hellfire and brimstone as if Kane from the WWE circa 1999 was going to come out, rip off the steel co- cage door, and pile drive The Undertaker into oblivion. Um, but that That's did cool. not happen. The RNC was relatively peaceful. There was one man who tried to light a flag on fire 
who then that do you hear this story? No. The flag lit him on fire as well. Oh, the flag the guy got him back. The flag bit back. Ah. The flag burnt back, which I thought was a real uh, that was a beautiful thing. So that was pretty much all that happened at the RNC. Now the DNC, on the other hand, was mayhem. That was bedlam. That was a uh, that was uh, you know to stick with the uh, wrestling metaphors. That was a Japanese death match full yeah. of full of. Um, uh, you know, full of, full of TNT and, and random other explosives and barbed wire instead of rope. You know, yeah. it was it was madness. The Bernie supporters were extremely upset with Hillary Clinton and what she did and how she shut them out. Uh, there was no, uh, th- there was very little concessions given to Bernie Sanders from the Clinton campaign. I think he stayed in the election too long. He stayed in the race too long and lost all the leverage that would have uh, had he backed out about a month or two before he did. He would have still had enough leverage and possibly been able yeah. to shoehorn a few more of his positions into the Democratic uh, national platform. And, uh, of course, he wasn't able to do that. And then the convention even made more wild with the WikiLeaks yeah. uh, regarding Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who was a terrible human being. They booed him. They, her. Well, they booed him. He went on stage, and well, I guess they booed her when he said, uh, you know, oh, uh, yes. Hillary, we have to support Hillary Clinton. And the oh, whole yeah. crowd goes, oh, boo! It was definitely and a moment. Warren, of- they booed Warren. It was nuts. Oh, yeah. No, it was Frankenstein's, uh, Dr. Frankenstein desperately trying to get uh, uh, in control of his monster. Yeah. So that was a fascinating thing. And, of course, the, the press did not cover it nearly as much as they would have had that same amount of violence taken place at the RNC. Mm-hmm. There's no denying there is a double standard when it comes to media coverage for the left and for the right. Um, so we definitely covered that on Abelian's Top Hat. Uh, that show has been going so unbelievably well. Uh, I can't. Uh, I can't tell you how enough of. Uh, uh, can't tell you enough how fun this election process is. It uh, is a lot of people are freaking out, um, but at the end of the day, maintain calm. Uh, everything will work itself out, and the president doesn't have that much power. And quite frankly, I mean, I don't see it. the recent poll numbers for Trump uh, do not look good whatsoever, and yeah, I don't see how he's, he's going to be able to. Uh, overcome them because he doesn't seem to have the ability to pivot out of uh, the uh, the sort of politicking that he's enjoyed doing throughout this entire primary process. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. Yes. But obviously this might be a conversation for Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Check it out. It's on <laughs> Cave Comedy Radio. We just have our last episode will be on the, um, our next episode rather, will be on the Libertarian Party platform, which is uh, basically freedom. Yeah. As, as uh, William Wallace screamed before the bloody war, freedom is pretty much much the only thing that the libertarian platform constantly uh, uh, nails down, you know, it constantly shoves down your throat. But of course, what does that actually look like in legislation? What does that look like in governance? Um, It's it's a cute buzzword, but then how does it actually, uh, how does it apply itself to a federal government? Hmm. Um, Anyway, any other questions, Mike? Any other questions? No, I just think it is hilarious that this is the Ben Kissel show is like the Ben Kissel newsletter. It's, it is. It's just like, yeah, it's like a Christmas. What's going card. on on the last podcast on the left? What's going on on Roundtable? What's going on on uh, yeah. uh, um, what's, the, what's the other one I'm forgetting? I got the last uh, podcast on the left. I said last podcast on the left. Oh, wait, Roundtable podcast, Gentlemen, Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. And Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. That's and the Red Eye Podcast, which is fun podcast. to listen to also. Let's see, what else has been going on? Personal life. My aunt, Heidi. Yes. She's dying. Oh, she's no. in Germany. She's uh, she's going way down. That's been very sad. And I had to write the email. And this was a difficult thing for me to do. I hate 
you know, having serious conversations regarding death and things like that, oh. specifically with a family member, you haven't really seen that much. So I had to write the email um, and uh, that was that's difficult. And I understand why people have a difficult time doing it and why uh, you, where do you even start? And so I just did a little Google search and they said, tell them you love them. Tell them what they meant to you. Ah. So I did that. And that was kind of exciting, but that was, you know, it's traumatic. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm always kind of jealous of these people who get to get to die. go. Yeah. Are you excited to die? Well, I'm not not excited to die. I have no fear what of death. What a dodge. What's that? What a dodge of that question. No, I mean, I have no fear of it. We were going down, I believe we were coming back, maybe it was from Atlanta, and we were, we were flying, Marcus and I, we were, we've been flying a little bit together. He sits behind me. Like it's some sort of I don't even know what religion it would apply to. I'm sure that you people can fill in your in in the blanks. But he always sits behind me for some reason, and uh, I do a thing whenever we fly called party row, which means I order an obscene amount of liquor. And the and the sky waitress he or she says I'm not sure if we should serve him. And I look at him and I say Hey, not a problem. I can handle all of it. And they're like He's pretty big. Do we want to make him upset? And they're like Maybe not. So you know what I do? You might you know, crush us. You know what I do, Mike? I say, I'll have four Tito's, but you know what I want? Three Tito's. <laughs> they come back with a counteroffer. The counteroffer is always three. Three, right. So, boom, I got exactly so what I wanted. That's go, the art of the deal. <laughs> you go big to go back to the middle. Go big, bring it down in. Yeah. So then you got three Tito's for a two-hour flight. It's really not that much. Mm-hmm. Not, not, maybe, maybe they're on. little Tito's, right? Little Tito's. Yeah, they're not leader Tito's. <laughs> That's insanity. That's too much Tito. So, you know, we party row. So I party row, and, and Marcus goes, and he's on his computer. He says, I'm doing research to make the show good. And I'm like, okay, buddy. I'm drinking Tito's. I'm doing Tito's. <laughs> I got a party row with two unsuspecting people who didn't even know they were going to get sucked into party row. But believe me, when I tell you, everybody that I get on a plane with who doesn't even know me by the end of that flight, if you're sitting next to me, we are friends, and you do love party row, you're getting down, and you love your life. I, I, you know, I, I could see it going either way. It, uh, I it always it goes going, one way. Either party going, I love this guy, to party. or the son of a bitch is drunk and he smells and he's just he's huge no. and he's giving me no elbow room in this no. plane. No, I'm very polite with the elbow room. I never smell. I fly very clean. But I, once you drink the Tito's, makes you cleaner. Oh, is that right? Well, yeah. You, oh, it's clear he, liquor, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what do you? What? Of course. We what, just drink the rubbing Tito's. Rubbing alcohol. Think about that. Right. Rubbing alcohol, you dip your earrings in there or, you, you know, your random finger other... when you cut it? Yeah, sure, your yeah. finger when you cut it. Liquor cleanses. <laughs> it's also point. a poison, and you, we should probably not put it into our bodies, but that's a whole other conversation. No, they love party row. Everyone's like, Ben, let's, I wish the plane would never land. Hey, pilot, let's circle, let's circle. You know, they can't get enough of what we're doing. Sometimes I have us all watch the same thing on television. You force them? I don't force them. I just strongly suggest, let's get a show going. <laughs> we are going to watch Frasier. All we right. are all doing Frasier. What is it? What's the name of the dog? Milo? No, the do- the brother brother's Niles. The dog is Eddie. Eddie the dog. Who doesn't love Eddie the dog? I love Eddie. Exactly. So that's Party Row. So Party Row, yeah, we're all watching Frasier. Hey, oh my God. Did you see Frasier give kind of bo- bogus advice? <laughs> this, this show is good. Eddie the dog and the kind of racist war vet, but he, the father, but he's a war vet, so he can be kind of racist. Who cares? He He fought for our country. He was in Korea. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally, it's going to happen. Yeah. Ben Kissel, I'm listening. Yes. That's my Frasier impression. That's a great one. It's pretty good, right? I love Frasier. I watch too much of it. I love Kelsey Grammer, too, and he loves Fox News, so he's probably, he probably knows who I am. Yeah. Do you ever think about that? He's a big fan. The people who know who you are? I will be on Kennedy this Wednesday. 
What's that date? Let's see. It'll be, uh, what is that, Wednesday the 11th? Yeah. I think it's the 10th. No, tomorrow. Oh, it is the 10th. Yeah, Tomorrow's I'm doing Kennedy on Fox Business, 8 p.m. this Wednesday, August 10th. Check that out. I'm doing the Greg Gutfeld Show the 25th, and then uh, Red Eye on the 17th. So that'll be fun. So check out those shows. Did I talk to you yet about the Pat Summit funeral that I saw? That Whoa, you saw or we were you flying- went to? No, I saw it. We were flying to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. We haven't even talked about this yet. Two-hour-long funeral for Pat Summit. She was the former uh, coach, uh, women's basketball, Lady Vols. Yes. Very successful woman. I believe it was Lady Vols, right? Yeah, Tennessee, yeah. Yes. And uh, the Tennessee Lady Vols. And her funeral was so sad. And I talked about it at nauseum on Able Against Top Hat. So check out that episode. But my God, I'm sitting there in the party row, and I'm in the middle because they wouldn't let me change. The the sky waitress, I said, I, I told the person going into um, um, JetBlue, I said, I can't sit in the middle. Look at me. You know, and they looked at me, and they laughed, and they said, you will sit in the middle. I swear to God. I swear to God. I said, look at me. You know, and they said, you're just drunk enough to be in the middle. And I was like, yeah, sure, fine. I'll do it then. I'll take one for the team. And they're like, this is not a team. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. So I'm sitting in the middle between two uh, gals, and they were sweet. I mean, we were having good conversations. One girl to my left, I mean, she was looking out the window, and oh, yeah, I have to go back just really quickly, and then I'll tell you about this girl. Don't let me forget about this girl. uh, Party Row. You're going back to Party Row. I'm going back to Party Row with Marcus Parks. Okay. Going back to death. Going back to the question about death. Oh, boy. Audience, follow along here. Is the audience with us now? Are you still with us, Take a second. See, now we're going back to what I was just talking about. With Marcus, party row, he's sitting behind me. The p- plane begins to shake. Oh, no. Oh, it's really going. And this is on the way back from Los Angeles. The story I was just telling is on the way there, and I'll get back to that in a heartbeat. The plane starts to shake. It's, it looks like it's about to go down. It could be the end. I felt like the Langoliers might take it down. And Marcus looked at me, and his eyes were scared. And I was just said, party row, bro, take it down. You know, let's take the plane down. I don't even care anymore. And I felt like I really helped him out. Does, uh, not Marcus, having a fear of death, it doesn't matter because when it happens, you're going to be in a situation that's completely powerless. So I say, whatever. Oh yeah, but a plane crash is not the whatever way to go. You pass out on the way down. No, and then I guess you probably do. You, you probably do. And then either way, when you land, I mean, you're gone. I mean, the worst case scenario is you live, and then I got to eat Marcus. You he's alive live. and telling me not to eat him, but I'm like, I'm kind of <laughs> hungry. And he's like, we landed just fine in JFK. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, so I calmed him down. He has a real fear of death. But you can't. I mean, what are you going to do? Whatever, whatever it happens, it's just going to happen. And there's very little uh, – it's, it's, it's completely out of your control. That's my one thing about death. I would never wish to live forever. I think that's an awful idea. What if you accidentally kill somebody in your car? You get sentenced to life imprisonment oh. in solitary confinement. Next yeah. thing you know, you're buried alive. Yeah. Like a real vampire be a nightmare i thought i hope that those aren't the two options those are the only options <laughs> plane crash or solitary confinement that's it <laughs> you can't live forever in freedom you're gonna make a mistake at some point yeah there's no chance you could die of natural causes no <laughs> none possible you'll never make it no it'd be ter- plane crash murderers uh you know what, what apparently according to trump the mexicans someone's oh, gonna get god. you yeah god knows so 
I helped Marcus get through his fear that the plane was going to go down, or I didn't help him get through his fear whatever, uh, whatsoever. As a matter of fact, if I could put my eyes on his face inside of inside of his mind, inside of his uh, skull, he probably looked at me as if I was a uh, a giggling madman on par with Gary Busey. Mm. Um, who just took a bunch of peyote and was disgusting how Native Americans are really the only gods that ever existed. So, you know, that might have been what it looked like to him. To me, I really calmed him down. Right, right, right. And that's the most important thing. And we thing. go back to perspective. Speaking of calming down, I'm with this girl. I'm watching Pat Summit. I'm watching the funeral. It's very sad. Her son made me cry. And so I'm publicly crying now on a plane, drinking Tito's mm. with two girls who are in Party Row. But Party Row can also, parties also get, they get sad sometimes. Mm. It's still a party. It's your party, and you can cry if you want to. Exactly, and this is my party row, so the rule applies. Mm -hmm. She starts freaking out. I mean, the plane goes up. She starts sweating. She's staring out the window as if, uh, you know, her family is is is, is leading the, the dog away that she loved her entire life, leading the dog away uh, down some hallway where they where she knows it's going to be euthanized. Tears are about to be uh, pouring from her cheeks. She's scared of flying, it turns out, Mike. Mm -hmm. And you know what? This is where Ben Kissel comes in big because my complete and utter denial that any time that anyone should ever be concerned about their own personal safety comes in strong here. <laughs> I say, fuck it, babe. It's party row. Let's do it. She ends up getting some Tito's with me. I think she wanted to do some work too, but she was too scared. Yeah. So I said, everything is going to be fine. I made some jokes. We pointed out some clouds together. And then I was talking to her about how turbulence, no plane has ever crashed because of turbulence. That's what I told her. I didn't Google it though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Googled it uh, after the flight. Turns out a few have. A couple of planes have crashed because of turbulence, but the I, but the odds of it happening are so slim. Yeah. I mean, she would have had a better chance of becoming impregnated by the seat, uh, you know, mm. than, than the plane going down. I have heard of that happening. It happens. Yeah. yeah you, you birth a flotation device or something. <laughs> um, but you love it. But you it's love it. It's your kid. It's your child. Right. Yeah, you have to raise it, send it to weird flotation device school, and then it becomes, hopefully, drafted into a plane somewhere, and it saves somebody's life, such as Marcus Parks. Right. Could be. So she calmed down. We watched the funeral together. We both shared some good tears, and everything was really wonderful. So that's my story about flying. I don't know if it went anywhere, but that is technically a story about me flying to Los Angeles <laughs> and me flying back from Los Angeles. I suppose technically, Bo yes. Both of them involve me saving the day with Party Row. So wait, what does this have to do with Pat Summit's funeral? It was on the TV. That's it. And I was crying. Because <laughs> you pitched this as Pat Summit's funeral. I have a story about Pat Summit's funeral. All right. Well, I'm doing it. There's an interview that, uh, coming out here, uh, coming up for uh, this website, Pretty Little Things. They interviewed me, this girl, Jen Tisdale. She's great. And I'm not a pretty little thing. I think we all know that. But I discussed the, the in detail the, the Pat Summit funeral. Her son is up there. And he kind of looks like Pat Summit. She was very masculine. Mm. And he, so was he. And uh, he was talking about, uh, you know, speaking with his mother when she had cancer and she wasn't really doing that well. And he said, how you doing, Mom? How, you, how do you do it? And she just said, well, son, I just go right foot, left foot, repeat. And then that's all that she So he's like, right foot, left foot, breathe. Repeat. She said, breathe, repeat. And that was the whole thing. And it was really sad because, uh, you know, um, that was just, that's, but that was her approach to life. One step at a time. Like we were talking about earlier 
in the episode today, one step at a time. Uh, that's the only thing you can do. Right foot, left foot, breathe, repeat. Uh, and then at the end of the day, you'll, you'll turn around and uh, you'll have an amazing, um, you'll have an amazing uh, you know, resume to look at and, uh, and look fondly on. And when you sit there and you no longer want to leave your house um, because you've accomplished enough in your life, you'll feel, uh, you know, validated and you'll, and you'll feel comfortable with it. So that was, it was a really, it was, it was an interesting funeral because she's the winningest coach in like the history of the NCAACP. Of the NCAA. And she might be the winningest coach in the NCAACP too. I mean, I really don't know. how to look that up. Yeah, that might be. Yeah, I'm not sure if that, if that applies. But uh, it was really, it was a powerful, it was a powerful funeral. And I'm going to say, d- don't watch funerals on planes. Don't, yeah, don't, don't watch you, them. I mean, it's not a practice of mine. I watched C-SPAN for two hours, and then I watched Pat Summit's funeral. And, yeah, then I filled the other, like, hour and a half with things like Frasier and, and, and you Tito's. know. Tito's. And, well, Tito's goes through the whole thing. Oh, six hours. <laughs> six hours. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the bathroom because JetBlue, their bathrooms I can fit in. Okay. Yeah, I just chill out. Weird, there. isn't? But JetBlue has a smaller plane, don't they? Mm-mm. No, big plane. JetBlue is the best. Well, second best next to Virgin. Really? American Airlines, you never want to take. It's truly the worst thing that's ever happened. You fly worse than a goat. Uh, Delta, dreadful. Uh, tiny seats. The whole plane is made of wicker. Spirit <laughs> Airlines, we know Spirit Airlines junk, but you 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 pay nothing. So hey, everyone knows it. Virgin and JetBlue. If you can fly those two, one of those two, always do it because they got the TV access. They give you party road. They'll let you drink much more. Virgin, you don't even talk to anyone. You just put it on a on a keypad. Really? Yeah, they just bring it right to you as if you're as if you're Mark Cuban. So Virgin's good. Virgin's the best. I may be in the market for an LA trip soon. Oh and... well, then I don't I don't know if Virgin goes to LA. Maybe really? one of our listeners can clarify. But JetBlue, that's the one. That's what we took to Los Angeles. And it was beautiful, perfect. I can't say enough about JetBlue. So check it out. That's what I would highly recommend, Mike. Uh, maybe I'll do that. I'm so afraid to fly, man. Don't be afraid to fly. I You're never take, gonna, I, the <laughs> planes never go down. Can I Can I tell you? I Although was, there was just a drone that almost hit one coming into JFK. <laughs> but that has nothing to do with the plane. That's I w- on the people. I was legitimately, because I might, I might go in the beginning of November possibly for like a week. And I was actually looking at a train to L.A., which would be three days <laughs> I was I was seriously considering it. What are you in? Are you in 1890s? Are you going to see a wife that you met through the yellow pages (laughs) or something? I'm so afraid to fly. No, you would have to pack your bag up like some homeless kid leaving in an orphanage. I know that is pathetic. No, flying is so much safer than taking a train. How many Amtrak accidents have there have you been hearing about? They're happening uh, regularly. The the train system is completely flawed in this nation right now because we haven't kept up the infrastructure whatsoever. These tracks are they're, they're full of garbage. Mm. Planes are checked out regularly every single day, multiple times a day. They're the safest way to go, although these people between Canadian geese and drones, those are really the only two things that are going to take the you geese. down. The geese are fine. We gassed them all here. Okay. Yeah. So you, nothing over the, the heartland of the country. Nothing over the heartland. Okay. Again, except for maybe a drone, but they can't really get up. The drones are only a problem during landing. If you can get, once you take off, the only other thing you got to worry about is landing. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> just chill great. out. You know, so the middle part is really fine. But you can really? freak out a little bit towards the end. 
Yeah, yes, totally. It's just so You'll crazy, You'll never man. go down because of turbulence. I know I know that science is is definitely against me on this, and it's just me totally. ha- not being able to understand it. But I, I really cannot wrap my head around the idea of something being in the air for six or more hours at one time and what? just everything going fine. I can't under- – I know that these things – Not only does everything go fine, they give you food. I know. And, I mean, the, I, the, one of the uh, one of the male waiters, uh, he was looking at me. He was winking a little bit. I think he was interested. Oh yeah. I was going to join the Mile High Club, but I didn't want to do it that way. I like I like women. Yeah. You know. So it'd be like I was like, he seems like he's into me. But why ruin his day? Just just say just wink and say, hey, thanks, man. I did. Yeah. So thank you. And then and then I said I, I will have some of those weird. Uh, they had the weird chips that were. They were like um, the, the Terra Blue, the Terra Blue chips. Yeah, the Terra Blue, blue chips. I don't know what they are. Put some Tito's in it. Tito's <laughs> always. Um, all right. Well, once every eight weeks, I'll try to keep you up to date on my life. <laughs> I don't think anyone cares, quite frankly. But I think uh, people listen. Eh, some people. We got no. We have, we have many, many listeners. We have the best listeners. Um, so yeah, we will try to do this more regularly. You know, as, as schedules allow, we will continue on. Uh, with the Ben Kissel Show, because Mike Coscarelli is uh, so gracious to allow us to do it. Mm. So let's thank Mike Coscarelli and find him on Twitter yeah. and find him on Instagram. Follow him on Facebook. Go yeah. friend him. Instagram definitely is where my bread That's and butter. That's what you're doing? Yeah, because you got a good body. You're always taking pictures of yeah, yourself. Yeah, I'm handsome. So it's been, yeah. And I'm not as smart as I should be for Twitter. <laughs> if I was a little smarter, Twitter would be better. All right. Well, that's fine. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Ben Kessel. Big steps. Uh, steps. Big, big things happening here. I'm almost at 10,000. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people have over a million. That's like Lady Gaga and Lady like Gaga Katy Perry. Does. President Barack Obama. Uh, president. Yeah. Well over a million. I'd say you're in good company with where you are, though. Yeah, maybe. We'll you get know? there. We'll, we'll keep on plugging away just like we're all, we're all going to keep on plugging away. Whatever yeah. you do with your life, just keep on doing it. And uh, you're going to succeed. I guarantee it. Just like the guy from Men's Warehouse said that you'll like his coats. But don't listen to him because he does not own Jose Bank. Although he actually might. I think Men's Warehouse and Jose Bank are owned by the same person. It wouldn't be surprising. It doesn't matter. Can I just plug Social Villains real quick? Of course. uh, That's me and Gene Getman's uh, uh, politics, lifestyle, uh, social issues podcast. We just had Milo Yiannopoulos on. You did? Yeah, last week. Uh, If you want to listen to that interview, you can check it out. He called Leslie Jones an ape a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, And if you don't want to check that out, I understand. Yeah, Milo is one of these guys who is a terrible human being. You should have told me that earlier. We'll discuss him later on um, on next week's show or next month's show or whenever the hell we do the damn or thing. December show. The December show yeah. or maybe the, the January 2019 <laughs> show or something. Um, but Milo, he's a real prick, right? Uh, it's weird. He's Milo, I think, is a very, very smart guy. Uh, but he self-sabotages everything he says. In, in at least in our interview, so he'll he'll come out of the gate, he'll say what he wanted to say, which is very articulate and uh, yeah. and concise, and then he'll just put the bow on it by saying like, oh, and by the way, Leslie Jones is a big black ape. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, why throw that in? Just say the smart thing that you were going to say. No, he's a uh, he's a total bigot. He's a total racist. He's one of these alt-right lunatics. And the only reason Milo has been able to get away with what he's gotten away with is because he's a protected class due to his sexuality. But we will talk about that on another episode, Mr. Mike Next Coscarelli. Time Next ben time on the Ben Kissel Show. He talks poorly about a guest that was on Mike Coscarelli's podcast. <laughs> no, check out Social Villains. That's a great get, and I, I think everyone should listen Thanks, to that. Uh, listen to those episodes. Travis Irvine was just on as well. Yeah. Um, of course, we've talked about it ad nauseum here. Last podcast on the left on Cave Comedy Radio. Abe Lincoln's Top Hat for everything political. And, of course, the Roundtable of Gentlemen. Also check out the Red Eye Podcast. Again, Kennedy this Wednesday, the 10th, the 17th. I'm going to be on Red Eye the 25th. I'm 
I'm going to be on the Greg Gutfeld Show, all on Fox News. And I think that's about it. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Oh, yeah. Find me on Twitter, too. Ben Kissel. At Ben Ben Kissel. Kissel. And and Instagram, Ben Kissel1. You know that. I got to get over (laughs) 10,000. Talk to you soon. Bye.